Disc Golf Edition. I'm with my boy, Nate. Your boy's back at it again, talking about the disc golf. Man, that sound is awesome every time you hit it. Mm. Tastes better than it sounds, my brother. I can concur. That is a true statement. Bless. I'm telling you right now, because I know you're going sober for a little bit, it's fucking nice. And by the way, I'm just going sober because I'm trying to lose some weight. Your hey, boy, your boy, your boy's looking your pretty bod, good over there. I'm trying to get the summer bod, suns out, th- thighs out, tree trunk legs. I'm trying to look like a muscle hamster, my dude. Man, trying to go back to high school days. Yeah, that ain't ever gonna happen for me. My knees will never be back at high school days. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, they do not go backwards. They only go forwards. So, but, how was your weekend in disc golf? To be hundred percent honest with you. Don't remember much about disc golf either. Uh, we played Saturday, correct? We played Friday, Saturday, and we also played Sunday. Dude, Friday, I, Friday I played actually, pretty good. Friday. I really enjoyed our Saturday, even though we kind of got caught in the rain a little bit at Oak. But it was nice for you to be back at home and still not play Gosh, very well. I love that course. I mean, I did not play very well. No, I don't, I don't think anybody played I very well. miss playing different courses all the time. We have a PDJ league here and we play one course. Yes, there's three outs over and over and over again. And it gets tiring, but I know you got to do that sometimes, but I'm happy to go back to some of our funner courses. Go back to the roots, go back to where you and me started disc golf. It, yes. it, it was nice to be back. What, even though I don't play there as much as you do anymore, I still think it was Oak park, Oak Disc Golf Course, my home course still. For sure. For sure. Where, now, I, where I was born into the game of disc golf. Absolutely. I'm glad I could uh, introduce you to this fine sport. Now, that's locally. How was your weekend, PDGA? Oh, it was great. Uh, are you talking about the updates? Of course. I'm, uh, talking, about, I'm talking about Waco, baby. Oh, Waco. I thought you were talking about my... My PDGA and the updates. Oh, is, we can get into that too. How, how's no, your rating no, looking? No, no, no. How's, no. Your, how's your rating looking? Well, a couple weeks ago, you didn't want you. You said the ratings, you know, system sucked. They do. It does, hundred percent. Oh, my rating went up. I'm now the. I'm just gonna put this out there to everyone else. Part of Team Party Card. I am the highest rated player on Party Card. Woo! Woo! That's great. That's great. Uh, mine went up by six points. We don't have to announce what it was. I think it's BS. The whole rating system's trash. Anyway, anyway, back on the actual disc let's golf. Let's get to Waco, baby. What you, what everyone else wants to hear about? They don't want to hear about us scrubs. They want to hear about the pro tour, the wrap up they for want to Waco. Hear about Christian Tatar. Christian Tatar. What I say? I heard Christian. I don't think so. Well, either way, Christian. Sorry, Tatar. that booty got me mesmerized, <laughs> dude. Uh, what she wore the second round? I mean, it was. The worst round for her, but I think it was the best, the best round, round for, for, for some of us viewers because. Man, that girl is absolutely mm, 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 gorgeous. But we'll get into FPO. I want to start with the MPO. You know, very exciting tournament for the MPO. Very tight race from day one, from round one. I mean, just first card, second card, third card, even fourth card players within not even five strokes, within five strokes of the lead almost the entire weekend. Just amazing. For, for it being on the beast, a very challenging course, you still had very high scores, you know, anywhere for the hot round being 
10 to 12, even 13 down. 13 down is, was the final round shot by Kyle Klein, which was a 10-84 rated round. He shot that in the last round from Chase Carter to come back and win, beating Adam, Adam Hammes by two strokes. You know, the storyline on this is that Adam Hammes once again gets to the final round with the lead, and he just can't hang on. Are you saying because of the performance or because it's Adam Hammes? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, dude just crapped the bed again. I mean, you can say the same thing for, you know, Calvin didn't show up that last round. Honestly, no, right. honestly, no one showed up on that on that lead card, in my opinion. I know, I know Hammes did shoot decent, but... I mean, even an ace no on, one did. on hole eight was not yeah. enough. No one played it. And Maddie, oh no. I mean, oh no. Orum is, uh, again, completely terrible last round. Completely destroyed his, his chances. I mean, there's no, Lee Carr was bad. I just, we, we, we actually just rewatched it on Jomez, and it wasn't fun to watch, honestly. Like, that Lee Carr was boring. <laughs> I mean, it just. Do you think that's gonna be kind of the narrative in just the regular that players at this level at this level are getting so much better that we're gonna see more ties in playoffs? We're gonna see more potential wins from Chase and even third card. Yes, and that's why I think this the bigger coverage just need to happen. You know, dude, I love Jumas. They do great work. Covering uh, covering now. The MPO and FPO. Yes, I mean, they do great work. But, and I know other, you know, Gateway does pretty good. DK. Uh, Disc OP. Golf Guy does pretty good. And uh, JK Pro. GK. GK Pro does, does pretty good. But nothing compares really to Jomez, Correct. in my opinion. I mean, that that's that's the standard. Yeah, so, but we, here's the thing. We only get to see lead card unless you're watching live. Of right. course, if you're watching live, you can you, you get a little bit of chase card, mainly still lead card. But that's why these bigger coverage things need to happen so that we can watch the whole thing. Like, in, P, in PGA golf, mm-hmm. if someone's not on the lead card, like they're on the, the next group or even the next group, and they're making a huge run, they focus on them. You don't get that in disc golf. I know... A few years ago, Paul Macbeth wasn't on uh, Jomez, but shot that 18 down. Luckily, someone was filming that day on Paul, and they everybody got to see it. But all got to see it. But Jomez wasn't there, and that's the most top quality. Well, the, you talk about more coverage and, and this and that. Kind of backtrack, backtracked us to last week. You know, they got to have money for that. Now we have the venture capitalists, the VCs. Coming into disc golf, you, you can't have one without the other. Double just, down on your own companies. You can you can literally you, take out a loan on your company. And right now, disc golf is booming. I, but I I still don't think that there's enough money in it to where there's a banker and investor that would give a loan like that to to see what you and I envision as the next step for coverage for it being post production or live production. Here, here's the thing. If they do that, it's only a matter of time where they start labeling disc golf 
as sports entertainment. And if you know what I mean by saying that. Talking about a good old-fashioned script? Yeah. I mean, I think all sports are entertainment. If, if you're not watching a sport for entertainment, then you're... Sure. You might, you might be too invested in it and for the wrong reasons. I'm talking about all you gambling addicts out there. <laughs> but we kind of digress. We One more thing to wrap up the MPO for Waco. Paul McBeth, you know, the GOAT. Between you and me, I think we can both agree, probably the GOAT. Played the... Played. Not, well, not, not, not not well. He is very good. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, did not play very well, especially not in the last round. Play, placed uh, tied 13th, and yeah, his final round, 59, which was his worst round. Uh, not very good. Looking at the FPO, we just talked about her. The goddess, the gorgeous goddess of disc golf, Kristen Tatar. Really, Nate's, Nate's future ex-wife, my, if you believe what he says. My future ex-wife. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Really struggled in the second round with those booty shorts. Mm-mm-mm. But, you know, turns it up in, in the last round, shooting a 10-21 rated last round, chasing down uh, Helena. Uh, also, Helena uh, did bogey the last three holes, so that definitely helped. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A much tighter FPO than usual. Like, you had... Oh, yeah, for sure. You had Chatar yeah. on Hansen. Owen Scroggins, Sarah Hokum, all kind of in the mix. And obviously, they had Haley King. I don't even know this lady. Anika Christensen Steen. I don't, I'm sorry if I butchered that. Oh, Annika Stein. Annika, yeah. Yeah. And she's then gorgeous Dean also. Carey, mm. Minus eights through there. I mean, are we looking at maybe something in the future now that FPO gets a little closer to? Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned Owen Scroggins stays hot in, in the start of the season, finishing tied for third or solo third. You're looking solo third. Solo third. Owens Goggins, not a very, you know, powerful FPO. Great putter. But, like you said, great putter. You know, she gets it done around the green. She gets to the green and makes her putts. And then we look at Paige Pierce, you know, who has pretty much dominated the FPO field over the last couple of years up until Kristen Tatar. And she finished tied 16th, you know, barely middle of the road. Still, in my opinion, best FPO. Who? Paige Pierce. All around, my opinion, still best FPO. <sighs> Kristen Tatar throws further, puts better, and Wrong. better looking. I would I would I would not say that she puts better. She Paige. definitely puts better. I think Paige is a much Paige is better upshot for sure. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you Paige put it on the green, some, you don't have to worry about upshots. Has more control with her with her drives. Mm, scoreboard. And I think Paige is just as good as any putter. Or maybe other than Owen Scroggins, but that's because Goggins is really good at putting. I can't believe you're sitting here telling me Paige Pierce is better than Kristen Tatar. Well, let's just you know what. Let's yeah. just Let's just yeah. Go ahead. Speed forward a little bit. Let's speed forward again. Just a tad bit to this week. Oh, look at that. Paige Pierce, first overall right now. At the Open at Austin. At the Open in Austin. Where's Tatar? Also tied for first yeah. at the so, Open at Austin. W- you kind of just jumped forward on me. Yeah, we got the Open at Austin. Just started to just started Thursday. No, just started Friday. First one ever, right? Yep, first one. New DGPT Pro Tour event. New course. I've never seen it. I had to literally watch practice rounds to know what the hell I was talking about 
talking about this course. But before I get into that, uh, it is presented by Lone Star Disc, which is why Nico and Emerson were both on the feature card today for round one. It's great also to see Ricky back in action. He did not start very hot, but it's nice to see that the MPO field is, you know, I think back at their full potential with Ricky back. Without Ricky, you're not really beating the best because, I mean, we can agree that Paul is the GOAT, but when you're not competing against Ricky in the field, it just makes things a little bit easier, I think, because that guy can come up from anywhere. For sure. Ricky has always been one of those guys I really liked, and those Pauls back in the – those Pauls. Those <laughs> matchups back in the day, Paul and Ricky, were some of the most legendary matchups you'll ever see. So I agree. If you're not there beating Paul and Ricky, it, it's what not, does it matter? It's a win, but it's not a quality win. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, you got you got to be the best. You got to beat the best. And if they're not there, it, it's like we talked about week one when Katrina Allen won LVC, but Tatar wasn't there. Paige, Paige Pierce wasn't there. there. Not and and now they're both there. And where's Katrina Allen at? All back of the bus. Yeah, she's huge, and she didn't do too hot. I wish I would have looked on where she finished in uh in Waco, but I don't think it was above Paige Pierce either. I didn't see it. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, which since we're talking about it now, Lone Star gets a tour event. That's great. That's great for them building. I think it's great for disc golf. I think that, I honestly think that they're gonna be they're gonna come out this year as the hot sellers, brand new hot sellers. What I do mean, you think? I think locally. We have, I mean, we have a lot of local people that are quote unquote pros, part of Lone Lone Star Disc team, and their plastic is okay. And I would throw the absolute shit out of it if Douche Canoe wasn't part of that team. <laughs> I I I throw the shit out of the buoy and the yeah, Warbird for sure, for sure. I personally really like the Super Dillo. The Super, I I haven't seen you throw that one time. It doesn't fit in the bag. <laughs> It's literally too big to fit in the back. <laughs> uh, but I actually enjoy them because I want to play some redneck frisbee with them. I think they're perfect. They're that gummy plastic, nice and flexible. You can catch it in the hand really easily. Yeah, well, I was so, gonna so get is a the Zephyr. glitch. I was going to get a Zephyr, and, I, and then I was like, ah, the Zephyr is so lame. And then I saw the Super Dillo, and it's in a nice pliable plastic. Nice. It's also flippy. You can get some people, if they want to flick it, they can flick it. But also, you can just backhand, easy touch it. Super I, Dillo's awesome. I it just a needs to fit in the bag. But I just... I, don't get me wrong. Lone Star, they make good molds. I think a lot of their molds are really good. I think their plastic feels great. Just if Douche Canoe wasn't on it's that just, team. It's just good that they got a sponsor event. It's moving... It's moving all of disc golf forward, that brand forward. Uh, I'm uh, happy about it. As you would say, what are your favorite words that I'm surprised I haven't heard a lot on this podcast? Great. No, we've oh. heard a lot of that word. <laughs> I'm talking about your your other favorite word, exponentially. Exponentially good for disc golf. Exponentially good for disc, disc golf. Exponentially good for Lone Star Discs. It's it's great seeing a, a small, a smaller, a newer company getting a pro tour event sponsored and getting some of these big names, whether you want to admit it, I won't, Nico, and Emerson Keith, uh, it is good. I think it's good for disc golf. Now that we got that out of the way, tell me about this course. What do you like? What do you don't like? 
what is it about this course that's making it, if you just look down the list, so close and so hard? A lot of people, and I, I've heard a lot of pros complaining about it. Oh, the, the, the course is too tight, or oh, I don't like this line, and yada, yada, yada. You know, as, as somebody that's an amateur, I'm sorry. I like seeing the pros struggle, okay? I'm, I'm tired of week in, week out, watching pros shoot on the same exact course every year and shoot 10 to 12 down. And it seems like it doesn't matter the conditions. There's always somebody that shoots 10 to 12 down. And it's like, okay, we need some variation. We need something to challenge these pros. And now we have a course that's brand new that is that is challenging. It is a, it's on a ball golf course, so it's not like it's super wooded. But to give, from what I can tell from looking at the practice rounds from Joe Mez and uh, Brody Smith and Ezra Aderhold, uh to get to that point, to get to where you can get a solid putt for a birdie, you have to hit a tight, specific line. And if you don't, you're looking at a 60, 70-foot putt for birdie or a layup or potentially a bogey. As much as it annoys me, like, you know, as an am player, and I'm sure you feel the same way, when you go out to courses and there's flags and all that type of stuff, just on the course that think we think is dumb because it just changes the way everything plays. I think this needs to be for pros. It has to be harder. Yeah, it pisses us off because we're lonely amateurs, and that makes the we're course scrubs, yeah. yeah makes it so much harder. But for pros and stuff, yeah, you should have to land that in like a sixty foot area. That because that you're a pro, you you're a pro. Make the this. shot. Make the shot. I mean, years ago when we first started coming into disc golf. GBO used to be at three different courses. And the pros complained, complained about that. Oh, we don't have enough time to practice all three courses. Good. Be a pro. Good. Make the shots. And it, that's back when GBO wasn't hitting these, like, minus 50 at the end. Like, I mean, oh, I don't think it's that high. It's like minus 40. Yeah. At least. Though. Where, where they're averaging, like like I said, 10 to 12 down per exactly. round. Exactly. And uh, just for another example, we'll go back. We'll go to P- PGA. You know, you realize that only like ten point one percent of golfers get below par. Well, that's that's not PGA. That's out of all golfers. Part yeah, of out of all yeah, golfers, the top one percent break par break or par. better. Now in PGA, if you watch a tour event, the best scores are like minus fifteen on a good weekend, and that's after four rounds. And we're getting every weekend minus 30, minus 40. Yeah, I mean, on on the Pro Tour for PDGA in majors and Pro Tour Elite or Silver Series events, if you're not averaging 10 down or better, you're not winning the tournament. Got to make it harder. And that's what I think. I'm sorry, pros. I'm sorry, people that disagree. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. I want to see pros challenged. That, that's why you're a pro. I don't want to see you make shots that I have made now. I don't make them as consistently. I, I think they tried to make it harder with distance. And then players learned how to throw further. Right. And now they're making it aware, okay, we're, we're going to give you a specific line. And now you have to hit that line or not have a putt. Exactly. And now people are risking, now pros are risking, do I try to hit this line and go for the birdie and risk a bogey or do I just lay up, take my three and then wait to strike later? I think 
what this course at Austin is doing is adding more strategic value and analytics to do I have to go for this hole or do I just wait for this next hole the way that ball golf does where it's like I can't quite reach this par four so I'm not going to try to take my driver off it so I'm going to go three wood and then just hit a nice little nine iron and give myself a nice wedge in or also it's 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 so much it's so much harder in PGA too because obviously the fairway nice cut grass right off the fairway a little, little rough uh, even a little bit further, not not too much further, but a little bit further. Pure caca. Pure rough. That you don't have that as much in disc golf. Yeah, there's a tree. You go into a tree, sucks. You go into a bush, sucks. But you could land wide left or wide right, and you could still have a wide open shot at the basket if there's no OBs. Yeah, no OBs. You, you That's the great thing about disc golf that ball golf doesn't have is that you always can shape a shot. Yes. In, in disc golf, you can shape a shot up, down, left, and right all in one shot. In ball golf, you can only shape a shot right to left or left to right. Exactly. That, that's it. You can't shape. You can only shape it one direction. Your ball can't change directions in the middle of this. Wouldn't that be fucking cool? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? But, yes, I agree with you. They got to make it harder. Listen, if I'm playing there on a weekend, we don't need to make it hard. Like, just during a tournament... Let's make these lines a little tighter. Let's make these lines a little... Unless you want to make a world-specific course that is the hardest course, and every year you have to go there and play it for worlds, or it changes every year, stuff like that. Then make it as hard as possible. Which is what we saw in Emporia, where they had Jones Supreme. And, but... And now the city of Emporia came down on DD, and Eric McCabe said, hey... Jones Park is not being used the way it used to. We need to have two separate courses back. And, yes. and now Supreme and is, that, is, is basically no longer. I think in that instance, um, the problem was is that Jones East and West were really regarded as top tier. For the state, yeah. Courses in the state, and they ruined it by moving it. And then park goers, like disc golfers, are like, I don't want to play champ. It's the same thing that I say about clap here. Yeah. I don't necessarily on a weekend be like, Hey boys, let's go play clap East. It's going to be so much fun. And that might, or clap West clap for West. that matter. Yeah. Like no one does that. So I, and no one go, no one goes, Hey boys, let's go all day and go play country club or let's go play Jones Supreme. No one does that. No one does that. So it wasn't getting utilized. The city goes, Hey, why is no one visiting this park anymore that we're spending so much money upkeeping all the time? And now they made them change it. It's because it's, it's, it's not a good casual course. Now, now here's what I'm talking about. When world specific course, right? Yeah. Make a new course is what I'm saying. Not. I mean, that's what Jones Supreme was. Jones yeah, Supreme they was took away, made. They took away two courses. Is what I'm saying. I'm saying go make a brand new course in a new area. The problem. We're almost running out of area to make disc golf. For courses. sure, I agree. You'd and, have to start buying up farmland or something. Well, then we have too much open land, and now it's not hard enough. Hey, man, you know what's cool? You know what's cooler though? Keeping the farmland open and then playing with like the cows and buffaloes, like Clover at Cliff. Clover Cliff when we played with the buffaloes. <laughs> yeah, we we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. But allegedly played uh, with the buffaloes. Allegedly. But I see where you're coming from because 
a lot of our courses, and and I understand the huge, you know, view of what some people have for disc golf in, in our area of hosting a huge pro event, Silver Series, Elite Series. At 100 feet worlds. to every hole. But, you know, <laughs> there's a difference between having a recreational course, which we do have a lot of at, at Oak. For sure. At Herman. At a lot Cessna. of nine-hole courses, too. And nine-hole courses. Yeah, but I'm just saying, when you say recreational, that's yeah. what I think. But when you have a flagship area, like we do in Clap, and we just played some of the some of the newer layout for what is now going to be redone as our East course. And there's some, I mean, we had some debate tonight that the tee boxes may or may not have been placed in, in the correct area. But I think that things need to be changed to have a rec layout where, yes, it's challenging, but it doesn't feel like I'm playing a championship tournament layout every time I go play this that, course. That's why I think the two-pad system is always, you know, best. Right. But, but here's the problem with disc golf is that the two-pad system usually just makes it, like, 50 feet to the left or right or 50 feet up or back, whereas, but, you know, in ball golf, I know, but in ball golf, usually it's, the blue tips, they're like 30 yards back or so. Then you got the white. Is it more than 30? It's not even that. When's the last time you played a text? Dude, <laughs> I, I could, I could okay, put a I, ball okay, from like the 40, whites to the blues. Feet, yeah, that's uh, 40 feet. Um, yeah, feet. Okay. Like, it, it might be, a, was, it might I mean, be a club. I was giving it a little extra like, yardage. Here in, here in Wichita... When you play, unless you're playing at a country Listen, club, you're, you are getting way out of it. We don't. No. Well, anyway, blues, yeah. whites, reds for women that are like a hundred feet up. Well, now we're being sexist. And then golds for juniors, uh, juniors, juniors slash seniors, seniors yeah. that are another like one fi- fifty from white. Yeah, one fifty, like a hundred yards from whites at least. Those are basically all par threes for yeah. us. So what I, I'm. Obviously, you can't just go out on the course and start pouring concrete slabs everywhere. But there has to be something to where you're playing for your level. It's not really so much playing for your level. It's also giving people a different look. Like in our PGA League, you just mentioned it. We played the same three layouts in, you know, secession three weeks, you know. So East, West, Supreme, East, West, Supreme. You know, it, it becomes kind of repetitive. You get used to the exact same shots. So having alternate layouts, alternate pads, you know, gives somebody a different look where, you know, on pad A, you know, you have a power hyzer. Where on pad B, on the same hole, now it's a flip-up mid-range. Completely different shot. Yes. And also someone might play that shorter pad as, like you said, a, rec- a recreational player might play it as a power forehand because now a lot of new players are leaning on that forehand. Yes. Um, the problem with what we're currently going through is that obviously there's been multiple changes to our throughout area. the last two years. Absolutely. That it's been there and there hasn't been anything set in stone just yet. But uh, I think in the future, when everything is set, there might be different options eventually through new disc layouts and all that. Yeah. I, I I do think that our club 
are does a pretty good job. Has done a pretty good job in creating a challenging layout. But I, from what I played today, I would not call it a recreational layout that would drive the growth of disc golf. You mad you lost? Not really, no. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Anyway, I won, by the way. You, you didn't win, you took second. But. <laughs> That's a win for me, baby. Um, I mean, it wasn't just you. I mean, it was a team effort on your part. A team effort. I loved it. Anyway, Douche Canoe was on my team, by the way. What a guy. <laughs> That's a shout-out, Douche Canoe. <laughs> um, anyway, back to what the pros, though. This is a good thing. I, I think it's a good I, thing. I think it's I think it's a good thing. I like seeing pros struggle. You know, I mean, be, minus a, be five, a pro. Minus five by by four pros today. And I don't think I've ever seen a tournament start this way where minus five yeah. is the best. And you know, call it call it because it's a new course. I mean some of these some of these courses, some they of these had practice layups, rounds. No, they had practice you know, rounds. These are pros. What, what I'm saying is, some of these courses they've been playing on the pro tour have been the same exact layouts they've been playing for, for years. 10 years. So it's it's the same. It's it's like when they go play in PGA, they have in ball golf, they have caddy books from the last round they played from the year before. The year before, they have the exact same caddy books. Like, yeah. okay, this is the yardage. That's exact. It's like when we go play Oak, we don't even have to think. No. Of, like I haven't played Oak in in Still almost, have to look in almost eight bag. months, and I I don't have to look at the hole. All I gotta do is fill the wind, figure out where the wind's at. Okay, I know what this comes through. In fact, if I was a caddy for someone at Oak, it'd be second nature. Like, like what go. do you got in your bag? Yeah, throw yeah yeah throw yeah. this. Like and we've played clap so many times up until the changes. Like I I, I don't have to think about what shot I'm gonna throw. All I gotta do is fill the wind. Okay, I need to, I need to go more disc. I need to go less disc, less stable, more stable. That's it. I don't have to. We'll get in this little bit. <laughs> I don't have to range find it. I don't, I don't have to, to think about it. It's all second nature. I've played the course so many times. It's just the same shot. I just have to execute it. Which is why certain pros are taking tournaments off because they've played it so many times. They want some new variety, and so they're, they're well, going now, to the now they're Now they're complaining about variety. Now they're complaining about a new course that's challenging. God forbid you actually be challenged once as a goddamn Let pro. Let them complain. Let them complain. It's it's sometimes it's fun to see the see players upset. I do. I I love seeing them upset. Which is why I want to see more coverage so I can watch them bitch and complain all the time. Like, why is that OB so tight? Now you know how I feel. Exactly. Uh, exactly. You still have the scores pulled up over there? I do. I I was in the shop and I heard that a whole card did not go out. Scroll to the bottom and see how many people DNF'd or did not score for round one. Two. Just two people? Oh, one, only one. Only one person? But I think it says DNF, but it, it has a score of 67. But the round two is 999. So I'm assuming he didn't play either. But Chandler Fry DNF'd and Bradley Williams DNF'd. And that's it. Because I was in the shop and I heard like there, were, there was a card that was supposed to go out at 1150. Had no scores recorded. And it was already one thirty. <laughs> yeah. That, so I, I don't know what happened with that. Bradley, I don't know if it was a glitch. Bradley Williams, Chandler Fry, or DNF. I don't know why. Uh, they showed up, said it was too hard, and just like, ah, I won't play. I mean, there's a lot of people that are plus double digits, which isn't very good, but those were the what, only two DNFs. What's the most notable name towards the bottom? Just scroll. Chandler up. Fry. All right, scroll a little bit. Other more. than that. Um, Nolan Ryan. 
Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Uh, Greg Barsby. Oh, Barsby's down there. What's yeah, he at? He's a plus five, ninety three. Okay, that's it. So if if Barsby is struggling, you know he's Oakley's it. at plus four. Yeah, well, that doesn't Paul, say anything. Paul Uliberry, eighty two. Yeah, that doesn't say anything. Uh, Overrated. Really, Greg, when Greg James Barsby, Conrad is, at, is in the sixty eighth place at plus three. Okay, now we're talking. When you have James Conrad at plus three, Ricky Wysocki at plus two. Granted, he's been out of commission for a while. You got a challenging course. And God forbid the pros play a challenging course. I think we beat this thing enough. You think they got the point, Cody? Make it tough and watch the pros, bitch. Love yeah. it. I mean, I, I can't wait to watch some of the coverage, especially that comes out on Joe Mez. I, I hope to see hey, some frustration. Uh, as we, when we were in the shop today, I was looking up. I couldn't hear the volume, but... They were interviewing Paul, and he looked mad. He looked upset. What, what's he sitting at? He's he's in, he's tied for first. At five? Yeah. But he looked mad. <laughs> Look at the round ratings. What What's five down at, oh at the gosh, round rating? I don't even know how to do that right now. At, at the top, it should, like, the top right there corner. We go, there we go. Here we go. Top round rating at minus five. What's a 1,057. Minus five of 1,057. That, that's not bad for a brand new course that doesn't have any rated rounds on it. Well, minus five must have been the best score ever recorded on it. I just told you it was a brand new course. Exactly. I, yeah. So, I'm not 100% sure why Paul was upset. I just know that he looked kind of mad. Maybe it was because he was just exhausted from uh, Sometimes I feel like he has resting oh, ass Oh, I can see why Paul was pissed at the end of the round because he would have shot... Minus seven, but he finished the day bogey bogey on seventeen eighteen. What a guy! So my last question before we get off the DGPT and the Austin, the Open at Austin, do you think that they will make adjustments and play better than five down? Irre- what, yes, what, what, there what, will let's be. Th- let's take weather out of, out of the out of the equation because no. we we don't know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. I will say that there will be some adjustments, and Paul already had a chance to go seven under. So you're thinking and shit the bed. You're thinking tomorrow might be seven or eight. I I can see that for sure. I I'd be super surprised if anybody gets to double digits. I'd be really surprised if someone gets to minus ten somehow. I would, you know, a golf clap to you, brother, because the golf clap. I don't think that that's gonna happen. But I can see a one to two stroke. Increase for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for when coverage comes out for for Joe Mez and GK and whoever else is covering that. I'm super excited. Now that we've covered up the DGPT, the Pro Tour from Waco, and now the current uh, tournament going on at the Open at Austin, let's get into a little bit of discussion time with the boys with Party Card Disc Golf. Some pet peeves that just really kind of, you know, just just really grind our gears when we're playing the game of disc golf. Cody, what's a pet peeve of yours? Whenever someone range finds every single shot, it just drives me insane. We're talking about how we've played our local courses a ton over and over again, and when you range find... Every hole, even though you've played the exact same thing for the past, 
like 30 weeks it makes no sense whatsoever it's a waste of time you're you're up shoot your shot also you do not need to range find your putt put it in the basket that's all you need to know and if you think you're not inside or outside ask someone if they say no you're inside and you disagree then range find it i'm totally fine with that that won't happen unless you're in a tournament, by the way, or you're playing with douche canoes. Yeah, we, we tend to and play I'm not with talking about douche canoes. our buddy douche canoe. I'm talking about real <laughs> douche canoes that are jack offs. I I agree with you. I mean, range finding is without a doubt my biggest pet peeve. And I'm gonna call out somebody from Party Card, and that's Charlie. Because Damn, during, putting them on blast. I'm right putting now. them on blast because we played our PDJ league so many times and we're coming up to the same hole hasn't changed. The pin hasn't moved. The D pad hasn't moved and he range finds the short par three every time. I'm like, dude, it's 280 feet. Same as it was three weeks ago. The same as it was three weeks before that. It hasn't moved. You, do you not know what to throw on this? I don't remember what I threw on this. How do you not remember? It's the same shot. Just throw the shot. Like yeah, Char- Charlie's good enough that I think it I think it makes me more upset when someone does it for a putt or up than it does off the tee. No, no, as it, it bugs me off the tee. Because here's the reason why. Because off the tee, usually sometimes they'll they'll get in the range fine before it's causing an impediment, right? Right. No one's like waiting on you to ask for your, but when, when you walk up to your disc and yeah, you get two minutes to establish your lie and make your shot. No one actually takes two minutes besides Nico LeCastro. And do you really want to be the Nico LeCastro of your card? Don't think so. No. So don't freaking walk up, range find, look through your bag. Other thing, you did all this time range finding. Why are you looking through your bag? If you're so good at knowing your ranges, you should just you should be like, oh, know. cool, that's this disc. 240 foot flick? Boom. Tactic. In Toro. Fact, justice. I, I am, I'm against range finders and disc golf all together. Play it by memory. Play it by feel. You should be able to look with your eyeballs and throw a disc. We did it before. There wasn't range finders for years and years and years. And now all of a sudden, range finders are a thing and it's impeding play. I agree. And disagree because when rangefinders first became a thing, I'm like, I would never use a rangefinder in disc golf. I like I said, play it by a fill. This looks 200 feet. I'm gonna throw a 200 foot shot. This is a the sign says it's 300. It looks 300 ish. I'm gonna throw a 300 foot shot. And then I won a a rangefinder in a in a raffle, and I started using it. And I you you see me, I rangefind. I usually rangefind off the tee on a new course, or when I end up in a spot where I'm never at like okay I just shit the bed off the tee I'm never here how far am I so when I range find I'm shooting I'm shooting the basket before it's even my turn to throw and I already know the distance I'm like okay let's move on so I do think that range finding ah, I would like to see it done away but because I have the tool fuck yeah I'm gonna use the shit out of it but do I agree with you that range find a rangefinder in disc golf should be illegal? I 
I would like to see Rule saying so. And I would. I would happily toss P- mine in the trash. PDGA events. It's just like at PGA events. I know we're doing a lot of comparisons right now. But at PGA events, yes, they have range fires. But guess what? You're not allowed to have depth. You're not allowed to have... No, you can, you, can have, you can have the range. You can't have elevation. Elevation, yeah. But at the PGA level, you can't have a range final. Range finder. At USGA, United States Golf Association, basically the amateur version of it, you can use a range finder because you don't always have a caddy. But at the PGA level, at that pro level, you don't have a range finder. You're going off caddy books and markers and your caddy saying, well, this is where well, we ended go. up in practice. There you go. Then why do we have it in, in disc golf? Because we're not ball golf, Cody. We've already we've already established that. I know we're not that. ball golf. We're better. We're cooler than ball golf. We're more fun. Speaking of more fun, why are booze not allowed why, in, in pro tour events? Why is bo- booze is allowed to be sold at pro tour? No, events. I'm talking about playing. I'm tired of playing my B, my C tiers, my B tiers, my A tiers sober <laughs> during the round. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily know why it matters. Whether or not you have a beer or two while you're or three or four while you're playing, I understand why smoking tobacco may not be preferable for during an event. A lot of people don't like, but it's still you can still do it as long as your card allows it. As long as your card allows, I don't. I don't know if that's true for it's, like tour it's, events. It's not a tier above no tobacco. Period. Yeah, but anything below an A tier, I believe. Anything below an A tier, maybe it's. Maybe it's C tier and below. You can have tobacco products as long as your card says it's okay. But another comparison back to PGA. Hey, man, if someone throws you a beer from the stands on PGA, you can drink that thing. Pop, pop that shit. Yeah. Let's go, dude. John Daly did it before. I'll tell you what. Right now, I mean, huge long shot. When we go to GBO, if I fucking win and you toss me a beer, I don't care if the scorecards turn in officially or not. I'm cracking that shit. <laughs> I don't give a damn. Your boy's going to get sloshed there on the 18th green. Heck yeah, man. I like, can't wait for that. Like, That's going to be great. Okay. Another pet peeve of mine is when you are clearly out from circle one and you constantly ask, am I out? Bro, you are 50 feet away from the basket. Yes, you're out. Yes, you can do your stupid step putt or your jump putt or whatever it is. First of all, you shouldn't be jump putting or step putting unless you're like 60 feet away anyway. Something we touched like, about on, grow on, in a our pair, second episode. Grow a pair and use your back leg and push off and make a putt on on the ground. You do not need a step putt or jump putt. Hey. I agree kind of with that, you know. It, it does get annoying. It was like, am I out? And it's like, dude, we, we just went over this last hole. Yeah, you're clearly out. But in tournament play, when there's not That's a, a, a clear, a clear painted line, That's a different you, you do have to ask. But, yeah, in a casual round, dude, if you're if you're out, if you think you're out, just, am I outside? Okay, yeah, and just go putt, okay? No, no one really fucking gives a damn. Now, if you're clearly inside, don't be that asshole, like, you and I used to be, before we knew the rules of disc golf, we fucking just step-putted everything. Back when you used to think you could lay up a disc. <laughs> oh, yeah. Basically, just jump. Run, run, jump, and dunk it in there. I'm, I'm 10 feet away. As long as I don't make contact with the ground, I can just jump, jump. this thing in there. Yeah, good times. Good t- God, disc golf used to be so much fun when we didn't when know we the, the rules. rules. When we, we didn't 
know that out of bounds was a thing. So yeah. we just play it from water or we play just, it from yeah, the, we the just, street. We just fucking crawl in the water and just throw from there. Oh, no good, big deal. Good, good times. Good, good times. times. Did that, man. Yeah. Imagine if we would have met the OG party card that we know now when we first started playing. Oh, fuck. Oh, it would have been some rough, long nights. I can tell you oh, that. Oh, for sure. Now, hit me with one of your pet peeves. I mean, an- another pet peeve of mine is someone that just always has to second guess and think about a shot. And, and I always come back to this tournament a couple of years ago when we played in Topeka at the Mighty Shunga. I, almost all my cards I played with all locals there. And they played so slow there in Topeka. I just walk up, throw my shot, and I'm like, did you throw? Yeah, dude, let's go. Come on. Like, I'm thinking about my shot as I'm walking up to it. I already know my shot. It's an 80-foot shot. There's nothing in front of me. I don't have to think about it. Just throw the shot. Yeah, as, but, I'm, as I'm walking up to my lie, I have three discs in my head I'm already automatically. Yeah, already and then once shot. I look at it, I'm like, okay, this disc will do this. this, this. Okay, and I grab a disc. That's that's kind of what I'm going through. What do you, what do, you do? I mean... I don't have this in my hand. I have my card or my bag, depending on what course we're playing. But I'm sitting here. I'm looking at my disc. I'm looking at the hole. I'm feeling the wind. I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to have a forehand here. Okay, it looks about 250. Okay, so it's 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 Tactic, Justice, or Toro. Get up there. I feel the wind. I might range find it if, I, if I'm uncomfortable with the course. Okay, I shoot it. Okay, throw my shot. You know, I people that second-guess themselves and go through, you know, two, three discs, you know, forehand, backhand, blah, 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 this, that, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. At the amateur level, you're not good enough to judge the difference between a 250 backhand and a 250 foot forehand. You're also, and this goes back to your range finding thing. And I'm there's another person on party card. I'm gonna call him out, fucking Deadman, who goes and range finds a 60 foot putt. And I'm like, dude, you're outside. And he's like, I know I'm outside. I just need to know how far. I'm like. You don't need to know how far you are. You're outside circle. You don't know. You're not good enough to judge a 50-foot putt from a 60-foot putt. You don't know the power and difference between a 50-foot putt and a 60-foot putt. We're not professionals. We're not professional golfers. Those golfers, at, at talking about ball golf, know the difference between a 70-foot wedge and a 72-foot or. 70-yard wedge and a 75-yard wedge. And you're not changing discs compared to a 40-foot putt compared to a 60-foot putt. So, it it just, it bugs me when someone's really thinking about that. The technology has put more thoughts into people's heads than what they really need. Yeah. Back when we we first started, right? We're talking like, what now? Six, seven years Uh, ago at this point? Somewhere in that range? 2019 is when we... I played before that. Well, 2018 is when we started playing competitively. Yes, but we played but, for like two but, years before, before that, that. So 2016, 2015 is when we actually picked up. Okay, the game. so there was nothing like that. There was no range fires, nothing like that. You grabbed a disc, you thought you put it close, and you made the putt. Hey, you went on. Now technology has made that extra step in your head, where oh, I just I need to know. I need to know, and you don't need to know. You don't need to know. You don't need to know. It's like I don't I don't range my I don't range find my putts. I, I look at this putt. I'm like, am I comfortable step putting this, or am I more comfortable just trying to jab and this? And you're in? not changing molds. I'm not. No. It's not like you're. It's not like when you're 20 feet away, you're like, oh, I'm gonna throw my harp in here. Right. And then, but when you're 
60 feet back, you're like, oh, okay, now I need to glide to your putter. I'm searching. About, okay, now I got my P2. No, you don't need that. That's no. not how that works. You're putting with your putters. You're, you're putting with your putting putters, whether P1s, P2s, AVRs, uh, wardens, judges. You know what else really grinds my gears? I have a feeling you're about to tell me. People that even when they lose, like the whatever you use to pick scorecard keeper, they go, nah, I can't. I'm not keeping a score. Oh, I lost my phone. You, oh, my, my you battery's always dead. Have a, you always have that person that is like, Re- oh, I can't score. do it. I, I'm playing music. I can't keep score. I'm I'm out of battery. I've heard but that one a time every, or two. Everybody does have that problem from time to time. But when every it's week? like, when it's like uh, it, it, one week, it's I'm playing music this week. Can't do it. I, I don't have a battery in my phone. I can't do it. Okay, well, both those things happen back to back. And then it's like, oh, I'm not I'm not doing it because of other reasons. Or, nope, I, I'm not doing it this week just for no good reason at all. You have that one person that always wants to do that. Oh, I'm terrible at it. Well, there's one way to learn by doing it. I am awful at it. I am personally awful at it. I hate doing it. But I still, if it's my turn to take it, I will take it. Without power, arguing about the it. The power of nose goes. You know, it rules all. Yeah, yeah, but even with that nose goes thing that we do, people, you can see it, now will run outside and purposely get on the T-pad and, and hit their nose just so they don't have to do it. I I agree. And it, we, I've been shouting out a lot of other party card disc golfers, and I hope they don't get a little butt hurt. But Hey, they can make up their own podcast and complain about us. That's true, that's true. But, you know, party card, disc golf, you know. We're, all for fun. All, all for fun. We're, we're a family. We love to just shit talk each other. But in all seriousness. I've been drinking. In all serious seriousness. Speed the fuck up. Stop brain finding everything, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we, we love everybody we play with. It's always a good time. We get the shit talking going. We get the beers are flowing. The boys are buzzing. All oh, wow. that good stuff. The boys always got the beer flowing. But when you're on a part on a card of eight, and you're in your third hour of disc golf, <sighs> we don't need to be taking two minutes per shot. Dude, yeah. There's a reason why we call ourselves party card. Yeah, we, we rock the booze. But we also rock usually more than five people. And I don't know. Some of you guys know. Typically, you don't have more than a card of five. Typically... Most average cards with four people, three to four people, you're getting a round of 18 done. Depending on the course. In an hour 30 to two hours. Yeah. Obviously, depending on the course. Yeah. Well, uh, with party card, we're lucky to get done with 18 oh, holes. Oh, it's three. Nah, it's two and a half to three. Two, two and a half, depending on the course that we play. And if we're doing doubles, singles. Yeah, for sure. The wind. I mean, that that's what makes party card, party card. Yeah, we like to play disc golf. Yeah, we like to shoot good. But we also like to have a damn good time doing exactly. it. Exactly. So moving on, one last topic to kind of wrap up this evening. We had our pet peeves. And now this is this is kind of a pet peeve, but it's also not. More of a discussion. More of a discussion. People who throw specific brands that aren't sponsored. I kind of have my own take on this. When I first started playing disc golf, I strictly threw Innova. And the reason why I threw Innova, one, because it was readily available. I can get it anywhere, at any time, any mold. They had a huge variety. variety, And when you 
stick within a certain company, a certain entity, their flight numbers are relative to their company's flight numbers. So you always know in Innova's case. Sometimes. In it, sometimes. In Innova's case, a T-Bird is going to be more stable than a Leopard 3. A, a Thunderbird is going to be, you know, a faster T-Bird, slightly more stable. A Firebird is going to be more stable, usually, than a Thunderbird. And then, you know, so on and so forth with other entities. You know, Trilogy is always going to be relative to their to their brands. That is why I started throwing brand-specific. As I learned my discs, as I learned the game, I branched out. Now I have a huge mixed bag. I throw Innova. I throw Infinite. I throw a lot uh, Dynamic Discs. I have some Discraft in there. I, I don't have any Legacy. You have Legacy. I throw Discmania. I... I, th- I throw a good mix back, and so do you. Uh, here's the thing. I used to try to be a a DD homeboy because... You did. Uh, because local it's, it's here. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to support local as much as possible. Here's the problem. DD didn't necessarily make a driver for me. And I... I honed in on trying to throw a high-speed driver from them for so long until finally I tried something different, and I was like, oh, maybe it's not a good thing to just stay with one brand. And then, boom, I went everywhere. Like, I I have Nova. I have DD still. I have Legacy. I have Discraft. I have Millennium now, and Millennium, in my opinion, has done the most... Exponential, exponential growth for me in the last like five months five six months maybe and so like changing your bag constantly is good sometimes bad making certain decisions but branching out and knowing everything you need to know is good when you're not sponsored like if you're sponsored i get it you gotta throw certain discs to appease your sponsor yep but if you're not What's the point? Why, why are you not branching out? Why are you limiting yourself to just that brand? Exactly. Like, Which is if, why... If you're trying to get sponsored, I see it, you know. But until you are sponsored, why are you just suckling at the teat of, you know, the, yeah. of Discraft, of, uh, of DD, the, the trilogy? Uh, and let me tell you, I'm the first one to say this. When I see somebody that's sponsored at the amateur level from, from, a, from a brand, not from, like, a local pro shop, like... You and I, you know, we we play for our local pro shop, Ducks Flying Discs. Yeah, I, I rock a nice little polo with my Ducks, you know, thing. I, yeah. I got my hat. Hopefully, we're going to have some party card stuff coming for out sure, so, sure. soon. I'm super psyched about that. Keep an eye out for that, you know, small plug in there. But uh, when I see an, an amateur that's rocking West Side stuff and only throwing West Side and they're they're part of their street team or whatever... Nothing makes me happier than just to beat them. I love it. For I sure. love beating sponsored AMs. Sure, because they're out there saying, like, look how good I am. I'm good enough to be sponsored. All this other crap. And you're like, well, I'm not sponsored, but I beat you, so I'm, why am I not sponsored? Or, or I'm, I'm improve, not trying to be sponsored. proves that company wrong. They should have sponsored me. They should have offered me something. You just got beat up by somebody Some that doesn't scrub. care. I don't even care. I'm over here drinking a beer on my tumbler. You don't even know it. <laughs> No, hey, I, hey, don't give away my secrets. Allegedly. Don't give allegedly. away my birdie juice, man. Allegedly. No, but, like, it does bring a little bit of joy. It, it brings a lot of joy to me. Like, I love it. Yeah, man. 
How come you didn't play too good, man? I thought you were a sponsored they, player. I thought you they were sponsored, man. RPM, dude. Let's go. Oh, gosh. You're so mean to them, guys. Why? I mean, RP, RPM's okay. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, I, I just... Here's my thing, man. I want to stay open bag for the long run. And even if I did get, like, sponsored... Quote, unquote. I want to do the... Isn't it... Not girthy. It's uh, what? Well, gosh, dang it! It's not Garrett Girthy. What? Who's the other big guy? Um, professional. It's a professional disc golfer, Drew Gibson, right? Yeah. He has a completely open back. Yeah, right? he's sponsored by Infinite. Yep. Yes. So so is that, so is a lot a lot of players. Eric Oakley sponsored by Infinite and Mint and Clash. Yeah, but we're talking about like the really good guys. So oh, Drew, <laughs> Drew Gibson. Drew Gibson. Yeah. He has a he's an open back. Yep. He can do whatever he wants to do. He, he throws a little bit of everything. I think that's cool. I would like to do, if I ever got sponsored, if we ever got good enough to be sponsored, I would want to do something like that. Like, or, hear me out. Or. How's it going, Miller Light? You trying to. Trying to get into the game or what? Trying to get into the disc golf game? Or, or how about uh, JBL speakers? You just, you just mm-hmm. trying to get in the. How about uh, Pit Viper sunglasses? You trying to. It's Oakley, but okay. Is it Oakley Pit Vipers? No. It's oh, Pit Vipers. Pit Vipers. Oh, is the brand. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Oakley. Uh, and how, about, how, about, how about you come, come at your boy? Uh, new Era baseball caps. You know, I'll put I'll, I'll put on a nice little New Era. Man, I'm, you know, you, you said Coors Light. I'm just like Bush and Hauser. You know? I said Miller Light. Oh, Bush <laughs> and Hauser. Let's go. Hey, man, you can, have the, you can have the Bush one. I'll have the Miller one. I don't care. Part, you know part of cars hey, just trying to represent. Hey, Connor McGregor. Hit me proper up with 12. that proper 12. <laughs> I'm, I'm be sipping that on the winner's circle, my dude. Fucking MA2, it don't at, matter. I'll look at everybody in the stands and go, y'all a bunch of fucking bums. You know? Let's get let's get some other brands in here and let's have some fun with this thing. I want to have an open bag. Let's have fun with an open bag while I'm sipping on some Bud Light or something, you know? Let's, let's get crazy. I'm rolling my Rolex in there. Okay, now we're reaching with the Rolex. <laughs> hey, man, come on. I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch. Yeah, you get you get a squatch. Hey, with those watches, <laughs> you can range, find, and tell time at and the same time. Mm-hmm. But, you know... I do like the open bag. I, I've been saying this whole year that next year I may or may not apply for infinite disc. We'll see. I do like the open bag. But you brought up a good point, and we're getting kind of late on time. But let's let's tease it for next week. Let's get into that yeah, next week. Let's tease it for next week. Yeah, let's tease it for next All week. All right. We'll talk about some branding stuff next well, week. What we would like to see for branding in disc golf. Well, you guys heard it. A lot of jargon just going on back and forth between me and my boy Cody. What we do at Party Card. Other than that, we'll see you next week. You guys keep the party going on out there. We'll keep the party going on in here. You guys have a good time. Drive for show, putt for foe. Putt for foe.